When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis, and I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing good. Technical issues. We've just had to work around. Yeah, but, you know, like, it, it's lockdown, isn't it? You know, and we're actually, it's March all over again. So it, we can kind of use the excuse that it's like it's March is happening one more time. So we expect some technical difficulties. Sure, we've had a year to figure this out, but sometimes a year is not enough when March is this long. And sometimes it's other people's faults. That's what I'm going to yeah. do. I'm going to blame the big tech companies and the governments for not putting in fibre optic broadband decades before they should have. Nice one, Margaret Thatcher. Good one, dickhead. But in better news, Miz isn't the champion anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Um, before we had these technical issues, you were telling me about how you were uh, hanging out with your friends in a different manner online, which I had mistook. I thought you meant you were going into like VR rooms with them. You were like, you'd bought some fancy VR headsets and you'd gone into like a fancy coffee shop or something through a VR experience. But what you actually meant was just you played a different game, I guess. That is the second massive leap you've made today. On a call earlier, me and Luke were talking with Laurie, which is trying to figure out some things. And I said, oh, yeah, and we'll probably have to do a punishment video around August time. And you just out of nowhere, bearing in mind, folks, every punishment video we've done for the last two, three years has been a music video cover of a embarrassing WWE entrance song. And Luke took that and went, oh, I don't want to go skydiving. 
Well, what I said was, I, was like, I could... who brought up skydiving? <laughs> what I said was, I could do a skydive because I'm terrified of heights. That would be a legit punishment video. Because I, I had missed something in the conversation, clearly. I thought the conversation we were having was the punishment video. Well, you said it will have to be an actual punishment video. So I thought, okay, so it won't be the, the song. It will have to be something else. So I'll, I'll say skydiving. It was the first thing that came to my mind because I'm so scared of heights. Like I feel like you want to do skydiving. I don't. You, you know, like you know, like that meme. People do it in the comments a lot. It's nobody colon, and you, there's nothing there. Absolutely nobody colon nothing. Luke, yes, I'll go skydiving. I'm scared of it. I, I, the only way it's happening is is if it's for content. That's the only way that it's happening. Is that the biggest thing you would? I would hate to jump out of a plane. Well, it's that's skydiving. You know, like isn't it? I yeah. I, I don't, I, is that controversial to say that I don't want to jump out of a plane? <laughs> I've seen the first Final Destination. I, I do not want to be jumping out of no plane. Oh, well, maybe not a movie recommendation for you because it was it was a bit overlong overall. But I watched a 90 minute video essay film uh, that did the festival rounds a few years ago entirely on teen high school movies. <gasps> Oh, ah. I, I know I know which one you're talking about, I think. It's called Beyond Clueless. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it at a, at a film festival. Mm. I think I got sent a screener of it um, way, way back when, in, in our old film critique days. Interesting movie. Uh, my overwhelming thought afterwards was, it's a YouTube video. But, that's you know, what that's I a- thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not that's not a bad thing. I love video essays on YouTube. I just don't know why why it's why it was a festival film that was bad. Well, yeah, pretenses to be released in the cinema. Well, exactly. Like I think that Lindsay Ellis makes the best videos on YouTube, the ve- the best video essays, and I think she is a <clears> tremendous <throat> talent. But I do not think that she is submitting any of those to film festivals for entry because they're YouTube video essays. Whereas, like. A documentary like Insert Coin, which is a fantastic documentary about Midway, like the video company Midway in the 90s, making Mortal Kombat and NBA Jam and NARC and all of these titles, feels like a documentary because they're interviewing people who made these games and stuff and telling the, the narrative through that. They're two very different things. So the film is rife with so many clips. I was surprised of how many teen movies. But specifically released in the in the mid nineties through to about two thousand five, I hadn't seen. I thought I'd seen them all, so it was a bit of an eye opener. But the one I popped more for than any of them was Final Destination. Oh, I watched it. Oh, what a film! Because it's on um, Amazon Prime here in the UK, <gasps> and I was working. I was doing some editing, and I was like, I want to put a film on in the background on my iPad. Just scroll through. <gasps> Final Destination. Bang. Put that on. What an absolutely brilliant. Ali Lata, Sean William Scott's in there as well. I think the, mm. the scene on the plane is genuinely brilliant. Like the, the the actual like death sequence on the plane is superb. Yeah, and then the reveal afterwards when they're in the airport lobby and the jocks going like, "Oh, you mean we missed this trip to Paris because you had a bad dream?" Boo, freaking! And then the plane explodes oh, and the glass shatters. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant! Uh, but they showed one death from the film, and it was that it still sticks with me. 
the one where the guy falls into the bathtub, <gasps> somehow no. gets strangled by the washing line they've uh. got up. And he you'd think, okay, but he can just stand up. No, he can't because the shower gel has spilled into the bath. It's super slippery. Oh, the worst thing about that, and it, this this does stick me, it's when essentially the blood vessels burst in his eyes. Mm. And so like his eyes start to flow with blood. Oh, it's gross. Horrible stuff. Horrible scenes. Uh, a family friend when we were teenagers, we would go on holiday, the families together, and we were in France. And all of a sudden, I was in their car because we'd all like move around. Uh, this this car with loads of giant logs, you know, a tree cut down, pulled out in front of us, and we were behind it. And she just started freaking out, being like, "We need <laughs> no, 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 we need to like genuinely freaking out because that's like Final Destination three. It's two Final, Final it's Destination two. two. Yeah. Oh man, because like yeah, it's brilliant in that opening sequence, like when they're on the the freeway and the accident happens. But later on in the movie, when they're in the drive through. And it just goes through and, it, and that's, yeah, I get the same thing. And that's actually a, a bit of a meme online is people like taking photos of themselves behind <laughs> like trucks carrying logs of wood being like, I need to, like, this is not a safe place to be. Mm, uh, but yeah, that's a long way of saying we played Mario Kart and I lost. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh mate, who did you mean as? Uh, well, I'm always Wario on the bike. It's kind of the basic choice. It's the it's the sort of combo you can build the Mario. most amount of speed up. Yeah, I guess Mario would choice. be. Uh, but what Wario on a bike is is the best best way to get a lot of speed going. If you don't, if you take all the corners well, and I prided myself on being really good at Mario Kart Switch, and uh, I came last overall, including to my friend Chris. Who is who is crap? <laughs> so I, I took a bit of a knock, a confidence knock. Oh mate, that does that is awful actually. Mm. Um, and were you on like a, a Zoom call as well, or were you just playing against each other and then just you know chatting afterwards? No, yeah, we had a video call going on the on the side. I thought there'd be more trash talking, but it was just no four thirty year old guys <laughs> silently playing Mario Kart together. Particularly yeah. because your confidence has been knocked and you want to get a win. The last thing you want to be doing is trash talking. You need to focus on racking up some wins. You're like this. One of the guys I was playing against, uh, he at school, he submitted, he did the old thing where you, he did a lap on the SNES Mario Kart and he submitted it on videotape. And oh. for a time, he had the 98th best record time in the world for that lap on SNES amazing perfect <laughs> a game that you can't play because you and Makes i motion sick. together you got very very ill playing it and mm. a similar thing happened when i was playing castlevania 4 and it's in the level Ooh. where the, uh, the screen is rotating around you and you're like i've got to i've got to leave i cannot stay here and watch this i can never take a, a big swing from cesaro i've i've come to terms <laughs> with well, that's your punishment video. Uh, anyway, let's get into the show itself. As Ollie said, there is Miz is not the WWE champion anymore, so let's all rejoice. Here is the show. Bobby Lashley, Bobbles Splashley, look at that ass. Walking Armageddon, the Hurt Business CEO, the almighty era has begun. Because Lashley, 
won the WWE Championship from The Miz. You know, that really long WWE Championship reign he deserved. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. We'll get to all of the Bobby Lashley stuff and the full episode of Raw very, very shortly. But first, we're just going to talk about what happens with Bobby now? Because now he's won it. I don't actually want to have Bobby versus Drew at WrestleMania like I thought I did, because that means Bobby's got to drop the title back, right? I want Bobby versus Brock. Well, we talked about this on last week's show because we actually had quite a lot of uh, people messaging, you know, with their predictions that Bubbles was going to win the belt here and was then going to um, retain against Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania so he can then go on a lengthy run and build to a match against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. So we don't do the Brock match at Mania. We have uh, Lashley retain against Drew because everyone's probably thinking, ah, Drew's going to get the belt back. No, no, no. Bubbles retains. And then he carries that through till we get the, the match at SummerSlam, which I would still say that Bobby retains. Like Bobby beats Brock. And then we can have, you know, Bobby lose the title at I don't know, either a B pay-per-view or I guess towards Survivor Series. Maybe even holds on to it until like Rumble next year. Although I think by that point, people will be, he, he's had the belt for too long. You know, like Drew kind of, people got bored of him as champion because he had the belt for a, a handful of months. They're booking him too well. Now, <laughs> there's a baby face I actually like at the top of the company. Boo. It's all about the chase, though. Uh, just to give a landscape of Brock Lesnar and WWE at the moment, of course, we haven't seen him since last year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 36, where Drew McIntyre beat him for the WWE Championship then. That was the last date of Brock's last known WWE contract which expired that same day. That's not unusual. That's how Brock does business. Because when you don't have a contract, you've got a lot of leverage if they, if they, are, if they want you back. And he flirted with UFC. You know, it was, it was Brocktober with their, their video game there. WWE removed all his merchandise from the shop in August. There has been no rumblings. In fact, I would say WWE have gone out of their way to not push the Lesnar stuff. There's been no mention on TV. Paul Heyman's on SmackDown with Roman Reigns. I don't think Brock is coming back for a Mania match. I think it's too yeah. short notice. I think if that was happening, they would know and they would have teased it. I don't know. I'm going to disagree with you on that one, just ever so slightly, only because this is, you know, it's the first show they're doing with a big group of fans in attendance. And WWE are going to want to pull out the big guns to ensure that they're putting on the best two nights of Mania possible. So to me, that says that's why Shane is getting a match. We're likely going to get a Triple H match. We'll probably get a Goldberg match. Like only because like, you know, Goldberg's got two matches on his contract per year. He's had one at the Rumble. If he's not doing one at Mania, then he's probably going to do it at SummerSlam. But like I could see them trying to get one going <coughs> to Mania. And that also then makes me think that there's plans for Brock as well, because they want to make sure that their biggest stars are on their biggest show. And like, this is going to be their, pardon the pun, their big show for this year. Like this actually is going to feel like a big WrestleMania because it's the first one that's with fans in attendance. It's still going to be weird though, with two nights of mania. I think it, it does somewhat, what's the word? Like dissipate. It spreads mm. the, the sort of big matches too thinly. Uh, so, so you think like if you if you had to put good money 
right now. Because Bobby Lashley as well, he did an interview with Gary Cassidy of Inside the Ropes before he won the title. And he very much said, Drew. Like, obviously, he wants the, the, the Lesnar match he has done for years. Before he returned to WWE, he told people, from Bobby himself told people, I'm returning to WWE because they've promised me a match with Brock Lesnar. And he comes back and he gets the sisters storyline, the Leo mm. Rush storyline, the Lana storyline. Thank God for MVP and the Hurt Business. Oh, because I absolutely. Think, surely, like... WWE usually do three-year terms, uh, but at least back when Bobby returned in 2018, that was before AEW, remember, that was before All In actually happened. I think he's on a three-year deal that would expire around April this year. So they're like, ah, we want him to resign or something. I'm, I haven't heard this. I'm just going by what other, you know, how other contracts from the time were. They're like, ah, we did promise him that Lesnar match. Let's give him the championship and we'll get Brock back later on. I, yeah, I mean, so having said the, you know, I, I Brock, there's a, every chance the WWE are like on the phone to to Brock being like, hey, you know, Mania's just around the corner. How are you feeling, pal? You know, we've actually seen this on the last Ride documentary with The Undertaker. It's just like, I'm sick, I can't walk. Vince McMahon's on the phone being like, WrestleMania's around the corner. How are you feeling, pal? And, um, but like, I think based on what happened at Elimination Chamber with, it was Bobby that beat down Drew. It was Bobby that essentially won the title for the Miz. And now Bobby has got the belt. Drew beat Sheamus in a very, very like definitive manner eh, on this show as well. That we are heading towards Bobby versus Drew for the title. Like if I was to if I was to put good money on what my prediction is for the Mania title match, it would be Bobby Drew. But I do like the idea that we are going to build towards uh, Bobby and Brock at some point, because I think that is actually a pretty mouthwatering concept and idea and something that we haven't seen in WWE for a while. I think we're being too greedy if we want Lesnar back. Uh, I think the story of Bobby versus Drew is well told. It's, but I, I do see why people will be somewhat frustrated by it. It's kind of like when Roman Reigns was on top of the company. The stories they told with Reigns were coherent. They were good. They were long-term booking. The problem the there was that, Ro was that Roman didn't emotionally connect with the majority of the audience in the way they wanted him to, and that was as a good guy. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to go with Drew versus Bobby. I don't think the true backlash which you do see around i don't think it's that big i don't think uh and, and i i think it's 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 kind of insincere as well it's nowhere near the level of what was against roman reigns but that surely that means bobby bobby wins like I, i'm I, I am gonna be a bit frustrated if drew wins the title back because this bobby run and push is really hot right now yeah, it's it's really really strong, and I and I do agree with you that I think if fans were still in the building, if fans were still in arenas, Drew would still be cheered just as much as he was at that Rumble win. I think that the the anti Drew uh, sentiments and messages that that we've had on this channel, I think, is a very very small pocket of people. It would never be at the level that uh, Roman Reigns was at, where it's just like you're burden burden. Oh, like that, like you know, instant visceral reaction. I still think there would be an, an incredible baby swell reaction behind Drew. Um, 
And I, yeah, part of me thinks that, you know, and we said this after Elimination Chamber, the idea of putting the title on The Miz, taking the title off of Drew, felt like it was just that they could put the belts back on him at WrestleMania in front of fans. But with that said, as much as I, I don't think I would be as frustrated with it as you might be, part of me, I think, would, because I, because I want to see Drew as champion again, and I want Drew to, to have that, that moment in front of fans that he didn't get last year. There is a bit of me that's like, but Bobby's hot right now. Like Bobby has got Bobby certainly like has something. He's so, he's so hot, hot you, right now. Have look, you look seen at the sweat. his ass? Have you seen his ass? Like it is. He's so hot right now. Oh wow! Like, I was going to go for the sweatiness, like a no, temperature hot. I'm going to he the went straight for the today. bottom, straight for the butts. I'm always in the butt. I'm like, I mean, to uh, to quote one Pete Quinnell, I'm an ass man. <laughs> What an idiot! He looked like an idiot there. Looked like an absolute idiot there. Um, no, I, I. So what was I saying? Yeah, um, yeah. I just feel like Bobby's like he's he's so hot right now. That Hansel is so hot right now, and I think that you want to kind of like ride that momentum. Plus, they've been booking him so well for these last few months. This really sort of dominating uh, competitor, and now like he won this in a total squash match. This was an out and out squash match against the Miz. That I think you you're either building him up so that you can have the babyface conquer him in uh, in equally like dominating fashion, or Bobby is going to go on a lengthy run with the belt, and kind of like probably for the first time in a while, I'm happy with either direction that that WWE are presenting. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of the WrestleTalk podcast is brought to you by the good folk over at manscaped.com. One of the most painful things in life for us blokey blokes is pulling our hair out of our nose with tweezers. No joke, I did it the other night while watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, though I did it with my fingers because I'm a man and... I really wish I hadn't because it really hurt. And then I felt sad and I was unable to enjoy Willow's traumatic journey to becoming Dark Willow. Oh God, you're an idiot. I am? Because you should have used Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. A trimmer they've spent over a year developing, reinventing the traditional nose trimmer into something way more effective. A 9000 RPM motor, 360 degree rotary dual blade system, contoured 23 degree angle, water resistant tech and a lithium iron battery that lasts so long I've had mine for six months and have yet to charge it. So start off your 2021 right by upgrading your Manscaped routine to include the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer and you can get 20% off with free international shipping by using our promo code WTTV at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the promo code WTTV to get 20% off and free international shipping. Thanks, Manscaped, for making me a better man. And thanks for letting me enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Let's see what the chat thinks. We've been told by producer Rich that the majority of the chat seems to want Lashley versus Drew at Mania, so not Lashley versus Lesnar. Although Brock Lesnar's name did trend on Twitter Mm -hmm. following Bobby Lashley's title win. So that means Bobby Lashley won the WWE title and Brock's name seemed to trend over the top of him, as did Randy Orton's name who's still trending because he threatened to beat up a rapper. Yes. Yeah, I had no idea what this was about until I saw Pachiti tweeting about it. And I was like, what the hell's, what the hell's Pachiti on, on about? Um, yeah, so that was, that was very weird. But like, it's, we, get, we get this a lot on these live shows as well, is that as soon as someone wins the belt, you'll get a hyper chat in being like, who do you think is going to win the belt next? <laughs> uh, I think people are, are there is a portion of fans that are like, thank you next when it comes to their WWE or AEW champions. We've had a lot of that with AEW as well. Like who is going to be the person to, to win the title next? It's a fun conversation topic. Yeah. Uh, apparently, yeah, the, the majority sentiment in the chat was, Lashley versus Drew with Lashley going over at oh, Mania. I, yeah, I kind of like that idea. So, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get your hyper chats in. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Josh Razuska says, Wow, Lashley actually won the WWE Championship on TV. I'm surprised there was no screw job ending. Good for him. Having someone new in the picture is interesting. Ket says, The Miz was buried last night. What happened to him much proves that he was a joke champion and not a main event guy. I'm sorry to all you Miz fans, but last night proved that. Congrats on Big Bob winning the title, though. He truly earned it. 
Yeah, I mean, we had this conversation last week as well, didn't we? About like there is, you know, these Miz fans who are genuinely and were genuinely thrilled that Miz won the title and he was going to get this big lengthy run. But I think there were more realists among us that were like, he's a transitional champion. Like he's, I even I thought he was going to lose the belt twenty four hours after winning it. I'm surprised they lasted. He lasted seven days. Colby Dennis, why was Riddle cheering on Lashley when Lashley won? Was having a normal conversation with Cedric. Uh, I feel like her business has made Riddle's life hell these last two to th- three months. It made no sense at all. Colby could not agree with you more. Like I just, I was watching this match, and all of a sudden I was like, Riddle is out there, and he's cheering on Bobby Lashley, and he's laughing up. Why is that man cheering on? I will say, like that was, you know, the, the sort of laughing in frustration. The one that made me laugh the most though was Retribution coming out as the Lumberjacks, because nothing says anti-authority nothing says we're just going to take control of this company like being lumberjacks for a wwe Mm -hmm. championship match because you were asked it's all part of the plan though isn't it (laughs) somewhere somewhere jarred with me a lot as well i don't you know you can can sort of rationalize it by saying well riddle's a stoner he doesn't know what's going on or miz is such a heel it brings everyone else together uh, but no, no, it stuck out like a sore thumb. Scott Young, I want Roman versus Lesnar. Paul Heyman on a pole match? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I kind of like the idea of Heyman managing both, like Heyman bringing Brock in to be like, I'm going to manage both of the champions on both brands. I've got the tribal chief mm. on one, I've got the beast on the other. It feels like Heyman is booking Lashley right now. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, this feels very Heyman esque. Stephen Guzman, I need Bobby to retain at WrestleMania. Between how awesome the Hurt Business has been and how much Drew as champion started to grow stale to me after the Autumn feud, this could be something that could make me want to watch Raw. Bobby actually makes me care. Yeah, I mean, do you want to read Stephen's other message as well? Because he does continue. Ah, yes. Also, I can't be the only one who found it hilarious that Retribution's first feud was with the Hurt Business, and now they low-key played an active role in helping make sure Bobby Lashley became champion. Stephen, did you not have you forgotten that um the Hurt Business got rid of Retribution? And part of that was then they got a raw tag team championship match. They got rid of them and they're no longer a part of Raw anymore. Um, I wonder if it is that autumn thing, like that never-ending autumn feud is what has turned people on uh turned people on Drew as champion. Yeah. It was it was on such a hot run, like Bobby Lashley, a great match with Dolph Ziggler, like everything he yeah. was touching turned to gold. And Heyman lost his job as executive director of Raw. And it's like from that moment on, boom, it's the Randy Orton feud, repetitive, stretched out for three, four months, title traded back and forth for no reason. Perry Jack, Lashley's sister to AEW confirmed? I mean, Big Show's gone. You may as well sign at this point. Well, I didn't actually know this until relatively recently, that it's Max Caster was one of the, the sisters. Was he really? <laughs> well. He acclaims Max Caster. Huh. I did not know He's in that. the freaking ladder match on Sunday. Did did, well, he, no, he might be. He's um, facing oh, against yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Preston Vance. I also found this out listening to the uh, the Fightful uh, podcast today. Did you know that Beer City Bruiser was the fake Bray Wyatt in a Raw Angle once? I no. know. <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> uh, Kyrick. Lashley, Lashley, I don't know, I'm pretty excited for him being champion. Also, if it's not too much trouble, can I get Luke or Ollie to tell me happy birthday? It's my birthday today. Happy hey. birthday, Kyrick. Happy birthday, boss. Jam that jam. 
uh, at Riplet20. Ashley was so deserving of this. So was Miz. Uh, the cash-in should have happened at TLC to give Miz more time as champion, but this was Lashley's time. I mean, the cash-in did happen at TLC. and He cashed in to be part of that WWE, and it was actually the perfect way to get the briefcase off of him. But then they booked themselves into the corner by just giving it back to him. Miz did... Look, Lilith, this, th- this story, we'll come on to it when we review Raw very shortly. It's a great one-night storyline for Miz to dodge and duck the challenges that's it this that, that storyline gets very old very yeah. very quickly we've done this we I lived through say, this already and as, we know that it gets old very quickly because they did it a decade ago we know it gets stale very quickly speaking of a decade ago reese johnson afternoon lads another naughty's wwe mid-carder as champion i have mixed feelings about this yeah bobby has looked great however all the damage done the past few years i wish they'd push new talent how much better this story would have been with keith lee now there's part of that i do agree with because there is this whole thing about cultivating new talent one of the reasons i was so down on the miz being in this position was like because it was a position we've had 10 years ago and this the company feels like it's it's a rot- it's a never-ending rotating wheel. It's never actually moving forward. It's just spinning in place. But with Bobby, I, I kind of disagree because Bobby was never really been given this real level of push. This is sort of the push that Bobby should have been given when he came back. But Vince kind of didn't really know what to do with Bobby. He just thought him was like, well, he ne- you need to be a smiling family man because that's what I see as a as a baby face now is this family man type character. He's been try- desperately trying to get that character over for years now. He did it with Bobby, did it with Kofi, did it with Kevin. Like he's been desperate to get this. It's the Emelina gimmick. He's been desperate to get that over with someone. Finally got it with Carmella. So I, I disagree with you because I think that Bobby's, they've done such a great job over the last year of making Bobby feel credible and making you forget about all that stuff that happened in the first two years of him coming back that it, it, it sort of, it's worked for me. I agree with both of you. If you, yeah, if you take the last year, this is great. Bobby's exciting. He's been booked very strongly. And I love the idea that he's got a faction around him. If you zoom out, this is a damning indictment of WWE. He's the oldest ever First time winner of a WWE championship, if you don't include Vince McMahon, the Mr. McMahon win in 90-something, 98, 99. So it's, yeah, and, and yet at the end of the day, Bobby Lashley wasn't ready in that first ECW World Championship win that he got. And yeah, it became a bit of a mid-carder. And he left and he improved and he came back. But yet, that, I mean... Is, is that a, so usually that's a sign of growth that a mid carder a decade ago is now a champion and, that, and a main eventer, but that's not the way it went. So, yeah, I totally agree, Reese. Mm-hmm. WWE is terrible. Um, but <laughs> if you zoom in, if you zoom in and just take this as a microcosm, it's very good. Those yeah. aren't contradictory. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, Lashley hyper chats, so we'll get to them after the main play by play part of the review. But before we do that, it's a new channel. Yes, it is. It, I'm sorry, was that were you throwing that over for me to, to do the yes. plug there? Yes, sorry. Well, this is the Wrestle Talk Podcast channel. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you haven't been around for a little while, we did a super content shakeup because we wanted to make sure that you guys were getting the best 
viewing experience. We'd been advised by some very brainy boffins uh, through YouTube, etc., that our content was kind of strangling itself because there were people who just watched the news, there were people who just watched the podcast, and there were people who just watched Adam's List, not my microphone. And because of that, all three of those video types being on the same channel were just eating each other up. So they're been split off, they've been fractured, uh, and they're now on their own new home. So you should be able to get better content out of us now. You should be able to uh, get these more appearing in your feed. And, you know, hopefully for us as well, we should get some new viewers out of this as well. So it's kind of a win-win for everyone. So thank you all so much for joining us on this new channel. If you haven't already, please do subscribe. We are, I think, about 600 people off from reaching 40,000 subs. So, I mean, there's... 1800 people watching this stream at the moment so i can't imagine all 1800 of you are subscribing so if you click that subscribe button now maybe we'll get over the 40k mark while we're on air oh do it please Uh, right, so this episode of Raw began with a it was very recap-heavy, this episode. It was like a four-minute recap of the previous week. And then it opened with Drew McIntyre coming down to the ring to cut a promo, recapping what happened at Elimination Chamber. I, I've created this now. Like He recaps the story we literally just heard in the opening video package. So like, the first five minutes of this show, maybe even more than that, maybe I was going to say seven was, was just, yeah, was just like, here is everything that you already know. And then this segment was just, it never ended. It was just someone comes out, they talk. Someone else comes out, they talk. Someone else comes out, they talk. Someone else comes out and they talk. And I, finally, Drew's just like, right, let's just fight. Uh, let, let's just have a fight, lads, because I'm, I'm bored of this now. Yeah, they, they did do a good job of, you know, MVP came out and was like, nine o'clock. The title match is going to be at nine o'clock. So that's good. Uh, but you also have Miz coming out doing the chicken S word stuff. And it's the problem is when you get the wrestlers doing the recap stuff like this, it re and, and you, you know, you, everyone does it in WWE. They're obviously told to. And it's just such a waste of time. And it makes the wrestlers look so wooden and, and artificial and hard to invest in. This is the job of an, of an announcer. Or a video yeah. package. And WWE have those things. Yeah, which we absolutely got. Like, I, I, I do think this episode of Raw is... I, I mean, I've got kind of very mixed feelings about this because I very much enjoyed all of the Bobby Lashley missed stuff. I thought it got a bit long in the tooth a, a, a little bit, but I actually, for the most part, really enjoyed the Bobby Lashley Miz stuff. But I thought the rest of the show outside of Drew Sheamus was absolutely toilet. A really bad show. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah, so overall, it's like more good than it was bad. Yeah, and and it it has made me excited. The end, but yeah, really terrible bits in this. Uh, but like it, like Luke said, the opening match. Once we oh sat God. through about 15, 20 minutes of now I'm coming out. Now I'm coming out. We got Drew versus Sheamus, which was brilliant. Like they had a pay-per-view match on TV. Yeah, this was absolutely 
brilliant absolutely corking stuff hilariously though tom phillips opened this up by saying this is a pay-per-view main event quality match i'm like tom the storyline was that sheamus is not good enough to main event a pay-per-view that's why we're in this position tom so it's not according to you guys it's not a pay-per-view main event quality match is it this is my problem with it i love the match it went through two commercial breaks there was so many cool spots like Drew's obviously got a very good attention to detail with stuff. Like you see that through the Randy Orton callbacks and their series of matches, just how he uses his and his opponent's move sets to tell a story of struggle. I, I think it's brilliant. But throughout this match, there's just this undertone of, oh man, this is, this is real bad for Sheamus. Because like you said, the whole story is... Seamus, you're not good enough to main event a pay-per-view against Drew McIntyre. And the only reason you would say that is for Seamus to then prove them wrong and then you get Seamus works his way up to get that match. That's how you tell a story. If you don't tell that story, you're just burying a guy on TV for no reason. Yeah, and it's a shame because Sheamus has been having, like, this is the best work that Sheamus has done in his WWE run because Sheamus has always been great. But I think mm. he kind of, they booked him into a mold where I don't think he, it was getting the best out of him. But since he's come back from the injury, like, I loved his run with the bar. But at the same time, it was like, yeah, those two are great together, but they're also very good single stars and they should be in much better positions than just this tag act that's just constantly feuding with the New Day. But like, then Seamus got the picked up the injury, and now he's been back since you know January of last year. I feel like it's January because that's when I interviewed him about this, and he is just doing the best work outside of the Jeff Hardy throwing piss in his face stuff, which I could do without. His in ring work has been seconds to none. This has been the best that Seamus has looked in his entire WWE run, which is you know a decade plus. And this match with Drew McIntyre might be one of the best examples of it because it was a fantastic match and when it was done i was like yeah that should have been a pay-per-view main event match for the title the finish was great because oh, it, it, so it did feel like it could have could have gone either way at the end because it was so back and forth throughout uh sheamus went for the bro kick and drew went for the claymore at the same time and it's kind of like that photo finish uh kind of end to a match i described it in my review earlier as like when two people, like two knights, hit each other's swords and one of the swords crumbles. It, it's yeah. kind of like that. Uh, but the, if if Seamus just had a, a little bit of a longer leg, a little bit of a platform shoe on, he would have hit Drew first. Yeah. Um, maybe he turns the brogue kick into his own claymore. I yeah I love this and I love like they were hitting each other's moves as well like that mm -hmm. you know to play off this sort of long friendship that they've had you know um, Drew hit the white noise uh, Sheamus hit the Alabama slam like there were some really nice moments as you said like Drew is a man who's very attention to detail orientated and I think Sheamus is in a way too I I just thought this was absolutely tremendous stuff oh strap in everyone because then it gets oh. crap. Uh, after this, Naomi, you know how they do that? They're filming backstage. They're going to go to break. And there's Naomi. She's warming up. She's dancing. She walks through forward. Boom, there's Nia Jax in her face. And she's surprised. I'm like, Did the I know how corridors work. <laughs> Nia Jax would have been there in full view of you for the last 20 seconds while you were warming up. Unless she yeah. hopped out of a, a, a door, in which case you would have seen that. 
And then because they've done this gimmick where like, you know, MVP has said the WWE championship match is happening at nine o'clock. They have this timer on screen that's been like, there's only 10 minutes left until the WWE championship match. And Naomi makes her entrance. I'm like, well, this is not going long then, is it? (laughs) These two aren't getting time. Yeah, it said, and, and it didn't surprise, surprise. And Naomi got really like thrown around here. It wasn't like she got any offense in. Nia Jax won. You know, oh, I cannot wait to see Nia Jax and Lana take on Shayna and no, that's what, whatever it is, whatever the combination of people are for the women's tag titles. Yeah, because this is kind of my feeling on it because they advertised, oh, this coming Wednesday, it's Nia and Shayna. They're going to NXT to face uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. So I was like, oh, okay, so. Actually, Jack's getting this dominating win. That does a little bit something to build that tag match that's coming this Wednesday. But it does a terrible job of building the other tag match that you're building to, which is between Lana and Naomi. Like, you've literally just squashed one half of that team. So it's done diddly dick to build this match, but it's done something a little bit good to build the other match. I like the countdown timer, though. I thought that was very effective, provided a good episode narrative backbone. I wouldn't have had this match... I would have just looked. You've got you've got three minutes to fill, right? That's how long this Naomi Jacks match went. Don't put a match on. It's so telegraphed that it's going to go short. Just like cut to MVP, make it more sports orientated. Cut to Samoa Joe. Do those sorts of AEW style sit down interviews where they dive into. Well, I think Lashley could do this. Boom, boom, boom. Or give I, Drew Drew Sheamus three more minutes. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got the Bobby Lashley Miz match. Bobby comes out, but Miz, oh, he's got a problem. He's got a cramp. He can't go out. And Adam Pierce is like, okay, don't go out then. He's not an authority figure. I don't know why he's saying these things. They don't mean anything in the power structure of Raw. Uh, and yeah, it, it says he needs more time. It will be pushed back till later. So Bobby goes backstage, beats him up. And I got from this that Miz pooed himself. Well, they, they said that he had cramps, and mm. that's why he couldn't do it. He hadn't crapped himself. He just he had cramps. So like his stomach pains meant that he couldn't go out there and, and wrestle at his full potential. Yeah. Well, yeah, when I get when I get stomach cramps, mm-hmm. maybe I'm unique, but that usually foreshadows it's gonna go down. It's gonna go down yeah. in the toilet. Oh, and ones and twos. After after Miz was beaten up by Lashley, John Morrison kept on saying, can we get a towel? Can we get a towel? <laughs> and and then Miz slowly moved one hand to hold his bum. I'm surprised you weren't looking because you are an ass man. I, am, I Like Pete Quinnell, I am an ass man. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with uh, Denise Salcedo, uh, Talk podcast, Denise Salcedo, some of the fight review that she thought he had period cramps. Like she goes, he was in the sort of position that, that she finds herself in uh, every every now and again throughout the year. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was less poo related. Maybe it was more period related. Yeah, I think this was a way to pop Vince. And the <laughs> <poo> <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So yeah, we that that's coming back later. We got a Rhea Ripley coming soon video package and all of this. They have no idea what they're gonna do with her. Nope, absolutely no plans whatsoever. And now that Lacey Evans is out, the women's division has crumbled because they've now they've got no direction for anyone. But it is mania season. The biggest stars are coming back. It's your friend and mine, Shane McMahon. Because next up, out came Braun Strowman. He cut a promo. He's annoyed at Shane. And Shane McMahon and Adam Pierce come out and say, wait, and Shane's like, hey, 
you're really angry. So I've booked you in a tag match. Your partner's going to be, drum roll, Adam Pierce, And you can work together and you can resolve your conflicts that you have. You're going to get a tag title shot. And Braun's like, oh, okay, if it's for a tag title shot. And then Hurt Business come out. I'm like, oh, my God. How can you do so- How can you do this to the Hurt Business on the same show where you're pushing Lashley so hard? Strowman just annihilates Sheldon Benjamin and Cedric Alexander in a minute, then tags in Pierce on Shane's command. Pierce steps through the ropes, gets rolled up by Shelton. Fluke win, they retain. Everyone looked bad. This was rubbish. Every single thing about this was absolute bobbins. Strowman comes out and he's like, well, I'm Shane McMahon, Adam Pierce, got a problem with me. Elimination Chamber sucked without me. Then Shane and Pierce come out, right? And Shane's the babyface. And we know he's the babyface because they're piping no. in Shane O'Mac chants. So what oh. does Shane do? He acts like a heel against Adam Pierce and acts like a complete tool. So I'm like, is he a his because Braun's definitely not the babyface in all of this. I'm pretty sure he's not the babyface. Shane 100% isn't the babyface, despite the piped-in chance. And then, yeah, and then it just made the Hurt business look like absolute jabronis in all of this. The only way that these two got any momentum in this match, which was very, very minor, was because Braun ran into the post, which, as we all know, is his kryptonite. And it just made everyone look so... And then Shane's acting in all of this. Because Shane, Shane, Shane did some acting here. Like from the promo at the start where he's like, um, about conflict resolution. Now I've taken some management classes and we're going to have some conflict resolution. You need to work with WWE management. Well, I'm not working with WWE management, Shane. And then at the end of this, when he makes Braun tag out and Pierce gets rolled up and Braun's like, <laughs> and Shane has to act and Shane can't do this. So Shane has just got a face. He's just doing a face. It was so, so awful. This was, and then remarkably, it's not the worst thing on the show, but it was really, really poo. Yeah, it's hard to tell with Shane's vague facial expressions, which, what emotions he's feeling. I think just based on how the actions he had for the rest of the show, which was very overly babyface. You know, he was on Bobby's side to get the title off of Miz. Although, what's Bobby? Is everyone a heel now? <laughs> Is this what WWE meant about Shades of Grey? That it's yeah. it's all just heels? It, but it's not Shades of Grey, it's Shades of Beige. Like, like no yeah. one feels like they have any definition to them. Come on, it's a good tan that Shane has. <laughs> Let's not call it beige. Uh, yeah, I thought this was bad. I don't like Shane McMahon's work in this. <laughs> but have you noticed that Braun calls everyone management? As though yeah, we well, don't know that that's authority figures. They're not authority figures, Ollie. Stop saying that they are. We're the authority now. Doesn't bloody feel like it. Why wasn't it Nicholas? If I was the authority <laughs> figure, Nicholas is walking out for brought to be Braun's tag partner here. Uh, yeah, that was rubbish. Next up, we got more bad stuff because he was like, he, he was doing well. <laughs> 
Yep, yeah, he was. Damien Priest, called up, Royal Rumble, paired with Bad Bunny, looks amazing, get loads of mainstream attention. Then on the third week, Bad Bunny won the 24-7 title. It'll be okay, Luke said. It's just for the Saturday Night Live promo, he said. I said, I don't know. On paper, Damien Priest on his third week is now involved in the 24-7 title. He had a match last week where he sold quite a bit, but I didn't mind it because it ultimately built to him having a hot comeback and winning against Angel Garza. Here, he had a long, a long, 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 long competitive match with Elias, which he won in the end, sure, whatever, but he did rest holds. He did rest holds in the opening two minutes. What the, yeah, he, what the hell? And I, you say that he sold. He was selling like two thirds of this match. Like this was almost all Elias. This was no good, but this is a, this is a magnifying glass on WWE's inability to tell stories, right? Because the story that they've got, the story that they're telling leading into WrestleMania is Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison. So they were doing that. Sorry, someone keeps trying to call me. I'm just going to put my phone into airplane mode. Um, so they were telling that story, right? And that was all grand. And they were actually doing a fairly decent job of telling that story, although Damian Priest was beating them a lot. But they were telling a fairly decent story. Problem is, Miz then won the WWE Championship. So they're like, oh, okay. Well, we now need to remove Miz from that story for a little bit. Well, what's Damian Priest going to do? I've no idea. Maybe he can go out there and have a competitive match with Elias because they didn't know how to, they can't do two stories at the same time or take him off TV for two weeks because there's three hours to fill. So you have to then go out there and sell for Elias for 70% of a match. Just squash people. Well, I, I know that, dude, but there's three hours to fill. So you've now got to go out there and have a 10-minute match with Elias. Give, give Naomi Nia Jax more time from earlier. Move that here. <laughs> But the but the uh, Bobby Lashley match had to go on on the hour because you had the countdown clock. I don't make the rules. I'm just here to report what happened. Not even report. So Damien Priest, Damien Priest, is currently at Elias's level, paired with a celebrity who's got the twenty four seven championship. It's, it's not it's looking good. It's a two week rut. He's still getting that mania match. Do you know what? Like for me at the moment, it's what, what happens, happens after, after mania. the mania match. Well, yeah, that's exactly. it. That's that's it's what happens after mania, really, because that's when Bad Bunny goes, and that's when Priest has got. I mean, maybe Bad Bunny be around until he's allowed to tour again. Who knows? What an astounding, consistent run of badness! Because after that, we got the most laughable thing on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write down what Kayla Braxton said? No, no, oh, I, I was meant to I was meant oh, to I write did. what happened afterwards. Oh, and I got that as well. I got what Byron said. So Caleb Braxton is interviewing Randy Orton and she asks him about, and I quote, these increasingly bizarre events with Alexa Bliss. No kidding. <laughs> increasingly bizarre events. I'm perplexed. I'm perplexed that the fabric of reality has been weakly rewritten in front of my eyes. Yeah. Please, please talk us through uh, what happened in this <laughs> Hall of Fame worthy segment. <laughs> what was the what was it? Wrestle Craps Hall? Like, this is like proper Wrestle Crap stuff. It was kind of glorious in a way. I feel like every no one's talking about this because of the Lashley stuff. But this, <laughs> this to me, this to me 
is is old day. This is this is your life, Bailey. You know, this is this was so crap in an in a in a feud and storyline that's really gone off its already shaky rails. So as we know by now, this is this feud is now 80% comprised of recaps, where people reply to recaps and watch the recap segment from the previous week that recaps the previous week from that segment. It's an infinite regress of when you put two mirrors up next to each other and it just goes on and on into boring infinity. Or, I don't know, maybe they're trying a live performance art version of when you reply to someone on, on Twitter or TikTok. And you, you know, you just, it's like a meme thing. You do this now. So Randy Orton watches a recap of the recap he did last week where he started vomiting blood or, or black lick viscous liquid. And then Bliss appears on screen. She's got a jack in the box. I actually thought that was a nice touch because the thing about jack, it happens from out of nowhere. And then it cuts before the jack in the box comes out to something truly from out of nowhere. Well, actually, no, I know where it's from. It's out from out of the crap bin it's from out of the toilet randy orton appears on screen in front of randy orton watching on that screen at the most ridiculous backstage wwe angle it was like they were trying to annoy me and randy orton on the screen talks in a low voice to randy orton i just was like i just this is so so bad. I I said this last week, and I think it do, it bears repeating that this company cannot do long term storytelling, but they have three hours to fill, so they feel like they have to do stuff. <laughs> they know that the end goal is Fiend versus Randy at WrestleMania, likely in a Firefly Funhouse match. And you know what? That match is probably going to be terrific because the Cena match was awesome. And there's so much character stuff in the Randy Orton. Like there's a lot within Randy Orton that you can get out of a Firefly Funhouse match. So I'm going to start this off by saying, I think the end product of all of this is going to be pretty good. However, the last eight weeks of this because this has been going on for months now and they don't know how to progress the story so what they do is they sit there and be like what should we do this week um he chucks a black liquid out of his nose what do we do this week um he sets someone on fire what do we do this week um a firebolt um alexa bliss changes form they don't know what to do next so it's just stuff just stuff happening and this is the latest stuff happening and it was <laughs> Randy Orton cut a promo on himself in a fiend voice while wearing contacts that I guess was summoned from a jack-in-the-box with a pentagram on it. And then Randy started to choke up again. And then Byron Saxon says, and I quote, I don't know how Randy Orton escapes this waking nightmare. <laughs> anyway, up next is The Miz versus Bobby Lashley. <laughs> You and me both, Byron. How do we escape the waking nightmare that is raw every Monday? Christ oh alive, God. this was bad. That's so rubbish. Uh, after that, we got Miz versus Lashley take two. Uh, they actually had the match this time. The bell rang at least. But Miz immediately ran outside, grabbed the belt and ran off. Now, when that happened, I started to get worried. And I was like, oh, are they... 
are they going to keep the title on him? Is Bobby not going to win? So, well, well, I, I, overall, I thought this was a very effective story because they paid off on it. Uh, but that's when MVP went up to Shane McMahon backstage and said, this is bull S-word. No, it's serious when he says the S-word. And Shane says, if Miz doesn't defend properly by the end of the night, he'll strip him of the title and give it to Lashley. What is Shane? Babyface well, going by this interaction. And he's not an authority figure. We know that for sure. So the re- the, the time has restarted. And then we get, but so that was good. Let's get back to the bad. Charlotte versus Shayna Baszler. Charlotte Flair gets a pre-match promo where she says that Asuka uh, had her tooth knocked out last week. She's not medically cleared, which is a shoot apparently, not medically cleared at the moment. And then she just like said, she's my friend. I respect her. I'm not going to challenge her while she is out, but I will challenge her for the title when she gets back. So kind of exactly the same thing. What this promo was is that Charlotte came out and said, Asuka has no direction at the moment. So I'm going to give her a direction and it's me. That's the direction we're heading in. It was what she was. It was like, this was the expression of her promo. (laughs) I will just give you a direction now because the Lacey Evans stuff fell apart. Yeah, through no so, one's fault. Uh, through no one's fault. It's just that they can't do that storyline now, and there was no backup plan, and they've had nothing for Asuka to do. Let's be honest. Since Bailey and Banks, which was last summer, so it's just Charlotte, which is what we sort of figured it would be from TLC, but they didn't. They stopped doing that story, and just didn't do anything at all. Then they did Alexa Bliss for a couple of weeks, and then that got dropped. And now we're here instead. So do you I guess think, do you think put, go on. Do you think Lacey is gonna win title and it's gonna yes. to be Lacey versus Charlotte? I do, yes, one hundred percent. I think it was going to be Lacey versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. One hundred percent I figured that's the plan. And then now they don't really know what to do. Are they still feuding with Baszler and Jax over the tag titles? Because they keep having like tag matches. And hmm. feuding with and like having matches with these two, it's no good. Yeah, so Shayna and Nia came out here. They beat her up before the bell, but when the bell rang, Super Charlotte, she beat Shayna quite handedly with a natural selection, I think it was. Yeah, there we yeah. go. She overcame the odds. So you know how like the the first match, the first women's match we had of the evening, which was Nia Jack squashing Naomi. And I said, well, that, you know, it didn't really build the tag match against Naomi and Lana, but it did sort of build the tag match against Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. This match did nothing for the build for that match that's happening on Wednesday because one half of the tag champs just got pinned by Charlotte Flair, who's not involved in the match this coming Wednesday. So this accomplished sweet F.A., Absolutely Tom, nothing. Tom Phillips said momentum. Charlotte yeah. has momentum now. Well, and that's what it's all that. about on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. After that, we got Lucha House Party and Riddle taking on the Biker Mice from Farts. And they beat them pretty quickly. So Ali was like, well, let me show you how it's done. I want a one-on-one match with Riddle. They had, you know, it was good stuff, obviously, the two guys in the ring. But it was very short. Uh, Ali then hit this insane 
backbreaker thing, which didn't work, I don't think. Like he just no. rotated too much off of Matt Riddle in midair. Uh, Retribution sort of distracted the referee and interfered, and Ali won. Yeah, so this started as a six-man tag, which Riddle and the Lucha House Party won. They beat Retribution, and then Ali challenged Riddle to a match afterwards. And as I've written here, he pins him with a top rope thing. It was a top rope (laughs) yeah move. Um, So I... So I guess now that yeah, Riddle's 100% done with feuding with the Hurt business, that much is done. Um, staff, uh, Retribution are done with New Day, I guess. So now Ali's feuding with Riddle over the US title. Hey, that's, you know, that's at least something, I guess. It'll you know certainly be a, a decent little fast lane match, maybe. Yeah, the match will be good. Uh, and then finally, we got the main event. Miz turned up backstage to shout at Shane, like, you shouldn't you shouldn't let me do this. Not once did he mention their history together. Well, no, because they're like that's that's done now. That was years ago. Like, no one's mentioned the fact that Shane lost his job in WWE because Kevin Owens beat him on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox. No one, no one's mentioned Raw Underground. Like things happen, then they don't happen, and then you never mention them again. I just, but it, but it could serve the story. Miz is like, you don't like me. I, I want someone else to come in. I want to speak to your authority figure. <laughs> uh, I was worried there that they were going to do Shane versus Miz momentarily, and then we got Miz versus Lashley. Under ten minutes of the show left before it starts. Shane sends down a lot of the roster. Not the stars, but most of the roster. And they surround the ring. It's a lumberjack match, and Lashley just. Tom Phillips had a great word here. Lashley thrashed him. Thrashed Miz. Threw him around the ring. Lumberjacks would throw him back in. Uh, didn't want, you know, weren't going to help Miz. And Lashley made him tap in the hurt lock. And it was awesome. And Lashley celebrated, trying to look mean and scary, which he does. But he was also very, very happy. And you could see him smiling underneath all. It was, it was very, very sweet. And I'm, I'm very, very happy for the guy. At beyond thrilled because when they did the match at 9 p.m., I did have in my notes, oh, Bobby's not winning. Like it's too early in the night. Bobby's mm-hmm. not winning here. And then when they did the second match, I was like, okay, I feel like we are heading to like they're either going to delay this by another week or he's winning the title at the end of the show. And then yeah, he won the, the title by the end of the night. And I actually quite enjoyed it as a show long storyline. I thought it actually, you know, really worked. I thought Miz played his role very, very well. I liked him trying to manipulate um drew into it i liked him you know with the cramps and then the the running out and everything and being like look I, I gave you a wwe championship match and i retained there was some you know some stuff near that worked but as you said at the start of the show it's a good one night story you could not have done this for a lengthy period of time it was the right time to take the belt off of him he was not a long-term champion i'm and i'm really happy for bobby lashley although i did have this pang of worry because wait yeah with the when the lumberjacks came out Oh, no, no. My pang of worry was because Lashley locks in the hurt lock, right? Lashley lock and Miz taps out and Bobby wins. And then Bobby celebrates with her and then he puts it down and he puts Miz back into the hurt lock. And I was like, is Shane still there? Because I suddenly thought, oh, Shane's going to reverse the decision because like he gets he got himself DQ'd after the match for kicking too much ass or something. And then he just dropped him and I was like, phew, okay. No, he's just going to be champion. It's fine now. Yeah, that felt like the classic, we ran short, folks. <laughs> Arr, <laughs> again, uh, I was I was on the edge of my seat throughout this, even though there was no hint that Miz 
would ever win. I was like, is Brock Lesnar going to come back and somehow cause a screw finish? What's Braun Strowman doing? Is Shane going to reveal that he's with the Miz? But no, they, they d- isn't that WWE's greatest trick? That they make the threat of their own bad decisions so great that yeah. they just have to achieve the minimum, the minimum level of fan satisfaction, and we're thrilled. It's an yeah. abusive relationship, folks. That's what we're in. Uh, overall, yeah. it was a terrible, terrible episode of Raw with a fantastic opener and a through line with a big newsworthy thing at the end. So a four out of five, why not? Yeah, I mean, it was a bad show. Really, really terrible. <laughs> Outside of the, the Bobby Lashley Miz stuff and Drew Sheamus, this was one of like an all-time terrible roar. Like unwatchable garbage. But by the end of it, I was quite happy and I was thrilled that Bobby Lashley was champion. So three out of five show, I guess. Um, I'm going to quote Tempest, though. Uh, Tempest, the wrestler, of course, from uh, resttalk.com's, um, resttalk.com fame, uh, just put a tweet out that said, how do people watch this show? This is a genuine question. How do people watch Raw and enjoy <laughs> it? This show is miserable. <laughs> and there was a time when I was like, I agree with you. It's a bad show. And I, I resent that I have to watch it on a weekly basis. But at the same time, Bobby Lashley is a WWE champion. I'm really happy with that. Three out of five show. Quite happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the... Sorry, sorry, that's... Before we do, the poll was up. <laughs> um, 45% three out of five show uh, from oh. our YouTube community. 33% agreeing with you, four out of five. Um, but it is like, you know, it's in that top... Top percentage there really, isn't it? Because Rawson, five out of five was 10%. And Poor and Rawful, two and one out of five, were below 10% each. So, yeah, people seem to be very much on board for this show. Damn, but, you know, you, you see what happened overall. It should be at least a four out of five. You know, that the stuff that happened, like, that they screwed up there by not having, not putting on a better show. Uh, but we will get to all of your hyper chats very shortly. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get them in. We'll read out every single one of them. But first, it's Patreon shout out time. Have we got the music, Rich? Is our music playing, producer Rich? Is our music we playing the, the Hall of Do Fame we have music? music on? We've got production back. Is he even there? Is he, he there? We've got a message. We've Rich. got a message. Yes, the music is playing. The music is playing. We can't hear it, but the music is there. Thank you very much to all our wonderful $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. Blompier's number one fan, Tom Delves. What a great entry. Oh, here's another great one. Christian Cage Casey. Wonderwall, Brian Gallagher. Ryan Disco Stewart. $100 man CD Horver. Superkick Nick Mazesco. The Kessel Run DX Solo. Dustin the Professor Layton. He can last Sean fur longer than you in the ring. The Cleaner Kenny Shah. Wrestle Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. And lastly, for this. Hall of Fame class 
for the 2nd of March, 2021. No one names their kid this anymore. Larry. Thank you ever so much, all of our wonderful patrons. Go over to WrestleTalk, uh, WrestleTalk's Patreon, to become a pledge hammer today because the mm. poll is up. No, it's not. The poll is not. No, up. it's the not. The options for the poll are up. So our $25 a month or more, you've just heard some of them there, are now able to suggest the next show for WrestleTalk Extra, which is a show that Ollie and I do. It usually runs between three and four hours of us reviewing classic pay-per-views. Uh, we just did St. Valentine's Day Massacre from 1999, which was a really, really fun show. We go through mm-hmm. the Wrestling Observer and like what was in the wrestling news at the time. Current suggestions include uh, WrestleMania 29 there, Wrestle WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 24, WrestleMania 10. Um, Strong Style Evolved. Look at this. March 25th, 2018. And this one for Brighton Heath. WrestleMania 31. One of the best modern WrestleManias and probably the best ending to a WrestleMania with Rollins cashing in during the Lesnar-Reigns match. Mm. I think that could be a real strong contender to to win uh, for WrestleMania Extra this month. Be an interesting one to revisit as well, definitely. Mm. Um, Also, before we get in with the uh, the hyper chats. There's 2,100 of you watching right now, and we got a few subscribers. We're three point. We're 39.7 thousand subscribers. We just need 300 more to break the 40k. Come on, guys, let's do this. Let's do it live on stream, and we can all have a little, you know, celebratory wank or something, and we can all be really happy that we passed the mark. Not on camera. Jesus, Luke. <laughs> just you're right. Working you're from right home does. <laughs> The last time I tell you that is not part of working from home. Not on Andy company told me time. It was. Andy said it was. He gave me the permission. Right, so hyper chats. Austin Baker, happy birthday to me. Can't wait for the Lashley versus Drew versus Lesnar match. That would be cool. I, I don't think a triple threat like that will happen. But I, I do want to see that down the line. Alan Monza, hey guys, I'm happy Bobby won the title and he looked dominant in his win over The Miz. Bobby becoming world champion feels long overdue. Who do you think will be Bobby's first challenger? I think Braun will be his first challenger. Be, he just beat Braun. So I can't see it being Braun. Like he just, like he definitively beat him on Raw last week. And Braun's now involved in his storyline with Shane. So I don't think it's him. I think it's going to be Drew. I don't think maybe he'll have a title match against Miz at Fastlane. And then they'll, um, and then they'll call it quits on that. And he can back, go back to his feud with Bad Bunny. Drew definitely. And then hopefully AJ Styles for me. Uh, Deckery Garman. Just wanted to say that Lashley is top champion. Yes. Drew versus Lashley is a favourite rivalry for me ever since I was younger watching TNA. I don't want Lashley to be a transitional champion, but I also want Drew to win the title back. Decisions, decisions. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, good thing. We've got two good options. Tyler Woodward, I don't want Bobby versus Brock. Keep Brock as far away from the title and WWE for as long as possible. Brock still owes him. Brock still owes us him versus Cormier. That's not happening. In UFC, give us that before Bobby versus Brock. I kind of agree with Tyler about keeping away from the title picture. I think that might people endear people a bit more to, to Brock mm. uh, as a character. Kind of same with Goldberg, I think. Alpha Wolf. I like Drew, but I'm done with him. For now. Drew versus Lashley at Fastlane, then Lashley versus Lesnar at Mania with Lashley retaining, as I can only see Lesnar wrestling once while the pandemic is still ongoing. So happy for Bobby. About time. 
suppose the other question for Brock as well is that he's still in Canada, right? And how strict are Canada with uh, people being able to get in and out? Like, I know the Rude got over and the Dark Order managed to get over. I think there is a certain amount of money and private jets where you can get anywhere. And yeah, I, I mean, think Brock are, and I, WWE are, are, can make that happen. The difference being, though, is that it's is it something that Brock wants to do? Because he could That's just it. go out and shoot a deer instead. Like, you know, if it's option, do I get on a private jet for seven hours or do I just go and shoot a horse? Like, I've got a couple of options here. I'll probably do the latter. Brock could shoot a person and no one's going to stop him, I reckon. <laughs> uh, DVL Trigger 5, realistically speaking, how long do we think we get? We will get to experience Lashley as champion? That is, I, I honestly, I don't know. But I, I, in my, kind of in my gut, I feel like it's SummerSlam. Like, I feel like we're going to get it for a little while yet. I don't know why, because it kind of makes sense for it to be WrestleMania, but it also doesn't make sense for it to be WrestleMania. Uh, retains at Mania, loses it to Drew at Backlash, so two months. Anton H, looking forward to the in-ring title celebration next week with Bobby and his sisters. But seriously, Lashley didn't sell anything for The Miz and has looked like a dominating monster now I don't want him to lose to Drew because of his good booking. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that's what we've, we're all feeling. Um, all right, there you go. The, you're also getting a phone call coming through. It's my 90-minute uh, recurring reminder to track my <laughs> energy levels. How are they? 1010! Uh, <laughs> the Decker Dane. I'm absolutely game for a long Lashley title reign. You could build the main event scene of Raw around him and Drew moving forward. Either one of them are decent choices for champion on the brand completely agree i'd like to see some other names uh in that title picture as well but yeah like a good starting block is that tna title picture from you know uh, <laughs> 10 years ago samoa joe aj <laughs> styles kurt angle <laughs> jake hartley if we ever get bobby versus lesnar i demand to see bubbles jump on lesnar like goro from Morto combat <laughs> to be honest i just want anyone to do that to anyone who would you want to do that <laughs> just want to jump on Lesnar like Gora and just go like do 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 um yeah I don't know I don't know who I was like Bobby's a great shout I guess Charles Berg when Lashley when Lashley kept showing his ass that's when I knew he'd be WWE champion in all honesty he looks like a final boss also Ollie it was awful to see you duped by the Billy (laughs) (laughs) by the billiard boys but I want you to know You'll always have a place as a pancake pal. Thank you, Charles. I remember buttermilk. Yeah, I um. So I watched it over the weekend. Um, this is obviously Board Game Club playing Blood on the Clock Tower. It is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. It was so fun, and it was just a really. It came. To, James did an amazing job of editing it. But I did say to my wife, "Oh, this is the episode where Ollie gets his heart broken," and she came in for the end just to see it all happen, and it genuinely breaks my heart. It's so awful. Aero Executioner 1996. Thanks for the content, guys. So my question is, who is Bobby facing at Fastlane? Love Bobby as champ, but I agree with Luke. I'm good with either choice of Bobby or Drew. Keep up the great work. Uh, well, thank you. Not many people do agree with me. Um, yeah, I'm going to mm. say Miz um, uh, as the champion. She's like, you know, Miz basically <sighs> like, I deserve another shot. Uh-oh. Ollie has an idea, clearly. It's Lashley versus Miz and Morrison in a handicap match. That's exactly what it is. You have oh. nailed it. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's gonna the most be a fast lane match. match imaginable. Oh. 
Sam Wall. Why was Riddle literally high-fiving members of the Hurt Business when Lashley won? Did the last three months mean nothing? Anyways, what do you guys think the landscape would look like if MVP never returned to WWE? What a fascinating what-if. A really good... Oh, but yeah, first part of that, Sam Wall, yes, nothing does mean anything. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I, that's a really fascinating mm. what-if. Because MVP is the man that really turned around the, the Lashley stuff. Do you remember, like, January? It was January last year was the lana wedding it's not as long ago as you think and it was it were bad and the mvp like taking over as manager and essentially just rekindling the tna stuff that they were doing really really helped reinvigorate him i don't i mean i still think they would have done bobby but probably with lana at his side maybe Mm -hmm. yeah uh, Kevin, I hope Bobby wins at Mania. Then night after Mania, Keith Lee steps up and challenges Bobby for the title to move on to their next program. In the meantime, Drew goes to SmackDown to feud with Roman. I think that's a good idea. So WWE can label it as unfinished business somehow. Well, it's unfinished business after Survivor Series. So I think there is there's definitely <laughs> a story to be told with Roman Drew, but I think you can actually still hold off on it. But I do like the idea of Keith Lee being mm. the man to step up after Mania. Micah Pellegrini, remember when Ollie, remember when Ollie, sorry, Mr. Davis, figured out the YouTube algorithm live on stream. Kind of feels like that's what this subscriber push is. I want Bobby to hold the title for a long time. He makes the belt interesting. Good thing Edge didn't pick Drew. Well, I mean, if he had picked Drew, he'd have got the Miz. So, like, you know, there was a little while when Edge would have got the best of both worlds. He got the, would have got the best Mania program possible. Yeah, the ultimate opportunist. Picking the guy before fast lane and start recording. Lashley versus Lesnar is set up perfectly. You can have Bobby Vert and Brock just beating the apple juice out of each other in badass brawls and have MVP and Heyman kill it with promos. Oh, oh man, it does sound yeah. great. It does sound really, really good. Yeah, as I said, like if you're going to bring Brock back, I'd really like Heyman to still be his manager as the mouthpiece for him because then you can, yeah, you can have MVP and Heyman just absolutely killing it on promos. Sorry, I've just seen the next hyper chat. Dex uh, Skeldon, Dark Timeline, Randy Orton becomes the Fiend. That's what the Black Bile is. He's actually going to be... That's the new Fiend. It's... <laughs> David Myers, uh, forgive me if this has already been asked, but is it possible that the Black Stub Orton copped up is creative's way of mocking COVID? No, absolutely not. It's just they think it's no. dark, scary, you know, spooky stuff. That's not a symptom. That's no. not on the government website to look out for. <laughs> uh, on the subject of Braun Strowman, Ronan, Kelly, Ronan Cahill says, uh, is it now insulting to Big Show that Braun has to uh, has been compared to him? I don't even remember Big Show being that dim-witted. Oh, Ronan. What? what? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Check out Ed, his debut for starters in '99. <laughs> Any WrestleMania match, yeah. Like the, one of the storylines leading into WrestleMania is that the Big Show's a big oaf who keeps messing up at WrestleMania, and you had that Cody was his feud with be, Cody, yeah. WrestleMania, baby, woo! And then Cody <laughs> Rhodes watching again, woo. <laughs> <laughs> Jake Hartley, um, no one is talking about the fact that it could be Adam Pearce versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania or a triple the triple threat with Braun. <sighs> Honestly, there's so many bad things to do and none of them would surprise me. Also, big up to Bubbles. Someone actually tweeted me saying it could be like Shane brings in Dabakato and you do Dabakato versus Braun in like a Raw Underground rematch because 
that I, I forgot about this. I didn't saw it through Adam's booking video. That was the final Raw Underground match was Braun wow. beating Dabakato. So and it destroyed go. all of Raw Underground, like King Kong and Godzilla in a city. And Nate S says, Strowman Express goes brum brum. Brum brum. Yeah. It's back to me. <laughs> yeah, go on then. Oh, I did loads. Oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll carry them. My voice Karen... is sore. Uh, Raw General Chats, Karim Hanarif says, as a viewer, I felt like I had to suffer through three hours to see Bobby win the title. Maybe I got worked or whatever, but I found this episode unbearable. If I couldn't skip through segments, I would have switched off. Yeah, this is a proper, like, just watch the YouTube highlights uh, episode of Raw. Mm -hmm. Um, And the matches between Bobby and Miz were so short that they could easily be Raw clips. Uh, Stephen, I, I do oh. think it's a good idea to extend it throughout the night, though. I I, th- I do stand by that. If the rest of the show was better or to a normal Maybe. standard, you'd have a completely different view on it. Stephen Guzman, I completely agree with the Roman Drew comparison. Even though I became down on Drew, it was nowhere near the level of Roman. Plus, there was stuff I enjoyed with Drew in his reign. I just wasn't into the super respectful nice guy vibe. That's fair. Jack Higgs, uh, can we please give credit to The Miz for doing the job he was asked to do, no matter how distasteful it may have been? I wouldn't say it was distasteful, but yeah, Miz is good in that role. I just think it was better served for a new character. Yeah, we were never down on Miz. We were down on WWE pushing Miz like this, even if it was to just, like, it doesn't make sense with the briefcase, whatever. Just no, yes. Uh, can the amazing female talent get at least one hour, one hour of three hours, please? Please. Looking forward to Quizzlemania. Yeah, there were two women's matches on the show, and they both went a very, very short amount of time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they they're not doing it better. Leon Quashi, Mr. Davis is the raw mark. Four out of five for this show. Are you missing out on your card coin? <laughs> Then again, Raw started and ended well. Everything in the middle wasn't good at all. I agree, four out of five relative to other Raws. Shame about Asuka and Shayna and Naomi and... That's what it all is. It's a relative, ever-changing, inconsistent scale. Compared to the Raws this year, this is a four out of five Raw. Sub-Zero 1995, Flair doesn't need a title every 24 effing seven. Let Rhea challenge Asuka instead. Is it just me or who finds it weird how commenters call Charlotte a veteran or a legend? Like I've never seen them refer to any of the other horsewomen as that. What are your thoughts? Well, she said specifically, they don't call me a legend or a veteran. In her promo, she said, they call me Charlotte Flair. And I thought, what a crap line that is. They call me Ollie <laughs> Davis. That's. I would. I would prefer to be called a legend. Absolutely. Uh, but the. Yeah, yeah. I, it's. It's just what WWE do. They they've got their favorites and they push them regardless of whether they connect or not with the fans. Yeah. Michael Avon said uh, it was very convenient that Nia and Naomi didn't go 15 minutes with only 10 minutes on the counter for the first Bibby ver- <laughs> uh, Bobby versus Miz Bibby versus Moz. Uh, thank you for all your hard work. Ooh, I bet the producers are like, oh, dodge the bullet there. <laughs> uh, Kevin says, also, I hope Miz could get something out of all of this. Maybe drop... Oh, Kevin, you are asking too much here. Drop the goofiness, the tag team with Morrison, go back to being the serious Miz. Make the squash mean something to him. Not just having come back next week and tell jokes. Ah, Kevin, I, I think... This idea of serious Miz is long gone. Like, Talking Smack was five years ago. It was a long time ago. He's in a feud with Bad Bunny. Yeah. 
I'm afraid so. Um, Karim, as a viewer, oh no, we had that one. Um, Watcher Whatever says, while I want Drew to get a crowd moment at WrestleMania that he didn't get last year, I feel that Lashley deserves to go to WrestleMania as champ. Bobby versus Brock is a great matchup, but it would, uh, but wouldn't it hurt? But it wouldn't hurt to add Drew to it. Drew versus Brock versus Brobby, three tigers tearing each other apart. I'm less into a three-way than I am a singles match. I've got to be honest. I also don't think it's happening. I don't think Lesnar's coming back. I'm not going to put good money on it. Uh, Raffman, I laughed. Raffman, I laughed quite loudly during the autumn segment, but I don't think that was the desired effect. It was just so ridiculous. He's becoming the fiend. That hyperchat <laughs> said it. That's what this is building to. Heavy Metal Mike, Luke undersold the Randy segment transition. Byron said his line. Then there was a two-second pause, <laughs> and then Mrs. Awesome started. It's so madly awkward. Big Mike, what do you guys think about Edge? Will he just take the L to Roman to fully put him over and ride off into the sunset? Or do you think they put the belt on him for ratings? The Edge one I find very interesting is Roman, because mm. Roman, I don't, think, I don't think Edge is the guy to take the belt off of Roman. But the storyline of Edge in this old man Logan era of his career with the belt, and you know, it's not him going off into the sunset. His plan is to be full-time this year. I think it could be a really cool story to tell this grizzled veteran who just sort of you know is holding on to the belt yeah maybe if, if edge does win it it should be a sort of not that long and he should put it back to roman relatively quickly but yeah i don't they sort of put themselves into a corner there wilson simons wwe's lack of tt is tag obvious teams. tag teams if you had to make Franken teams with guys on the same brand, who would it be? For me, it's T Bar and Keith Lee. Got a bit of Dijakovic and Lee going. Drew Gulak and Ricochet, or Matt Riddle and Gaz, or Matt Riddle and Gaza and Umberto. I'm not into Frank. Like you got a bunch of tag teams down in NXT. Like the Grizzled Young Veterans are literally one of the best tag teams that you have signed to your, and they're in America. Like I mean, you but you need like a lot of tag teams in there. You can do some Franken teams as well, I guess, but. I'm less into Franken teams. I'm more into like cohesive units. Edge Christian. There you go. Right there. Or Alistair Black Ricochet. Come on, guys. <laughs> ben Greenwood. I went back and watched NXT clips and Enzo and Cass's Raw debut. They had the crowd in the palm of their hand. Honestly, the most disappointed I've been with a call up. Swath Nation came from those guys. Would love to see them climb back there. Yeah, the I mean, there was a period of time in NXT where everyone was like, "This is this is the new New Age Outlaws." Like, there is this is going to catch fire, and then you know, in a way, it sort of did. And I will never, I will. One of my proudest moments of working at Wrestle Talk was when someone took a sign that said "Swaft" to a Raw show because that's what we said, and Brian Alvarez took them to task <laughs> on Twitter, being like, "Big Cass literally spells it out for you, and you spelled it wrong." <laughs> The DS Davis, four out of five. Ollie, would you rate a turd and booger sandwich good if the bread is artisan? Well, of course. And I'll pay premium prices for it and wash it down with an expensive coffee. Uh, Leon Quashi, meanwhile, in Japan, Kota Ibushi has just drawn godly amounts of heel heat by having the IWGP, IC and heavyweight belts unified. Just look at the like-dislike bar of New Japan's announcement. MJF would be blushing at the amount of hate. Well, I knew that was happening. I didn't know there was such a backlash. I haven't seen any backlash to that at all. I really haven't. That's interesting, though. Um, 
I mean, actually, I don't, I don't think it's the worst idea in the world, really, because there's too many belts in New Japan. And so it just makes sense to just unify those titles. It's quite, you know, both have such long lineages, uh, the Intercontinental title as well with, you know, the, the Nakamura stuff. Uh, but I just, you know, I assumed that was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all did. Yeah. It's not uh, It's not surprising. I'm just trying to find the video. I can't see it. Huh. Um, oh, I can't see it anywhere. There's literally every New Japan fan hates all of it. Um, hmm. Yeah. Wrestle Talk podcast says, huh? That's us. My name is Luke and o- Luke and all. <laughs> My name is Luke and O'Reilly, and I just can't express how much I love Rich. He is just the best. And then it's got the word test written over and over and over again. So I think that was us testing yep, the it new looks like hyper chat link earlier. <laughs> Rich was doing some tests, and our moderators <laughs> put it into the, into the document. <laughs> Uh, poet the poet's poet says, "Is there going to be an Olena Davis appearance at Quizzlemania Evolution this week?" No, there's not, uh, because that would be that would be distasteful for the person who said that. But I went and got a you know one of the rapid tests at our local testing station, and b- before they did it, some lady came up and said, "Oh, I'm from the council." Love to take a photo of you to encourage more people to go out and get a test. And I had my wrestle talk mask on. So I was like, okay. Uh, and they took the thing and they put, I, I filled up my filled out my name, Oliver Davis. They posted it on Instagram, the Waltham Forest Instagram, oh. a picture of me. And they've written my name as like Aldina Daviso. <laughs> <laughs> and your handwriting isn't that bad. Because you've got quite like blocky, you've got quite blocky handwriting, so it's very clear to see what it is. So I've got a new alias now. Uh, Dar Train Twenty Four. I left work after a panic attack yesterday. Uh, I recently lost my brother a year to the day after that. My dad died. Listening to the February Best of podcast, my tears turned to tears of laughter. Thank you so much. And Ollie, you were singing Goldberg's theme, the Quizzlemania there. It literally does say, "Well done to Old Aris." I'm so sorry to hear about that Dart train, hopefully you're doing better now Uh, TBG Miles 35, hello Luke and Ollie an off topic question but I would really love to know how you guys started I remember watching Wrestle Talk on Challenge TV and I'm really interested how you and Luke and the rest of the guys got it to where it is today, while the contract with Challenge ended and uh, I was directing and producing that show at the time. And I was like, well, let's give the YouTube side a go. And it, it grew out of that, really. Uh, yeah. And then I came on board after that. I'd done some stuff with the, the Challenge TV era as well. I was doing a podcast recently uh, for my other podcast, Patreon. Uh, it was a Patreon exclusive podcast. And we were reviewing an episode of Finders Keepers, which was an old CITV challenge show with um, Neil Buchanan. Neil Buchanan. And at the end of it, um, it was just like, you know, another great episode of Finders Keepers. But tonight, like a like a uh, dentist, sorry, like a doctor with a surgical precision through a frog, we will dissect the latest wrestling outcomes with WrestleTalk TV coming up later today. 
Whoa. I know. I, I didn't hear Ash pointed it out to me. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. They, they were plugging our old show uh, on this. You know, it's up there on YouTube. I just want to actually, I just, I just want to say as well, I'm very sorry to Star Train 24. It felt like I was a bit dismissive of the, the message that he sent because I was so distracted by uh, that Instagram post. I'm very, <laughs> very sorry. Like, that was, that was really bad of me. So I'm, I'm, it's awful. Oh, I'm, I'm sure Star Train forgives you. Uh, Patrick Cooper, Luke, your 54-minute Uno game has gotten me through the worst of times lately. All I'm going to say is stack it. Jam that jam. ES word, Blair. But yeah, it was was a very funny video. And finally, Micah Pellegrini, WrestleMania 37 match, Bad Bunny versus Soldier Boy for the 24-7 championship. That whole interaction with Randy Orton made me laugh really hard. Soldier Boy called WWE fake. Who should be his Damian Priest equivalent? Also, which revolution match are you most excited for? Matt Hardy versus Hangman Page. Genuinely. It's the exploding barbed wire death match for me i'm so <coughs> curious to see what they're gonna do i think they are gonna get like hell for leather with it as well i'm also really like excited by the six person um mm-hmm. ladder match as well yeah but it looks like a boring card luke doesn't it <laughs> so um yeah louis dangor in our morning meeting this morning i'm honestly convinced he said it just to try and work ollie davis and it worked he just said i don't think there's a single person who's excited for revolution it's a really boring card I was just like, and anything, and anything anyone else wants to go through this morning? Beat, beat, beat. I don't think AEW is very good. <laughs> that's that's how it went. What the hell? Uh, who would you pick as Soldier Boy's wrestling proxy? I mean, I I don't know. Like, I'm sure that Soldier Boy is a a famous rapper person, but I don't know, like. Superman go, he... oh, isn't he that guy? Is he the Whippet Nene lad? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Exposing my lack of knowledge here, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's probably Damien Priest again. Like, maybe that's going to be his new gimmick because he just feuds, like, or feuds or teams with rappers that come in. There's an extra Randy Orton line around. You put Randy Orton with Bad Bunny. And Damien Priest turns heel, goes with Soldier Boy. And there is the death of Damien Priest on the main roster. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here today. Let's just quickly check how many subscribers we've got. You failed. All of you have failed us. I'm so disappointed in you. We've got 39.7 thousand. I think about only 40 people subscribed during the entire stream. We two, 200 more, 207 more. Hopefully we'll do it by the end of the week. It's literally uh, 2,000 people got... still watching. Luke, what have we got coming up this week? Well, well, first off, we've got a super chat from Richard Holt, who says, hi, boys, catching the stream late. Have a great day. Well, thank you very, very much. Subscribe, uh, Rich. It's going to be a great week as well, because tomorrow we have got AEW Revolution predictions. It's going to be myself, Mr. Davis, and El Fakador, our Jam That champion, going through the entire card and, yeah, getting our predictions for that. On Thursday, it will be myself and um, Mr. Davis reviewing AEW Dynamite. On Friday, we're going live, baby. We're live, pal. Myself and Denise Salcedo with the WrestleTalk podcast magazine show going through your Patreon mailbag questions. And on Saturday, we're live again, pal. Pete and Andy will be reviewing SmackDown. And then on Sunday, we're live again, pal. AEW Revolution Reactions. It's myself, Mr. Davis, El Fakador, 
it is a busy, busy week here on the Rest Talk Podcast channel. So please do consider subscribing. Yeah, it's just a shame Revolution doesn't look like there's going to be a good match on the card. No, no, uh, no, but no, for no, now. Single one. Ollie, who is Alec Baldwin to you? I don't know, but I want to find out. To Lucas, he is and always will be the brother to the better Baldwin from Biodome. It's the greatest movie (laughs) ever made. Um, uh, What we got next? Seth says, um, uh, oh, well, boys, I'm back to being single. Not by choice either. No LSD this time either. Um, I think uh, I'm taking it a little better now. Um, oh, this isn't a. Uh, this is just a nice message. Actually, I'm going to read this out. It's, it's yeah, it's you probably should in now. The emails. Yeah, it's got confused in the in the Baldwin emails. Um, uh, he continues. Either way, I'm opt- uh, optimistic. If nothing else, fresh start in a new way. But with that, I have some more bad news. Hmm. With that fresh start, it's taking on some of my own responsibility. It pains me to tell you guys that I've had to cancel my Patreon subscription along with other subscriptions oh. to pay for my medical bills. It's been a good two years or so. I've listened to every After Dark or WrestleTalk Extra. Rest assured, I will continue to support WrestleTalk. Thank you for all you uh, do. Thank you for the running the best community on YouTube. Much love, Jam Bad Jam, Seth Amphetamines. Ah, oh, Seth, no need to apologize. Thank you very much no. for being a pledge hammer. Uh, Seth, as you you might be aware, might have recognized, is a top five League of Lockdown member. Top five. Good lockdown. Oh, yeah. Good lockdown. A long time. Um, I remember when Seth uh, first started contributing to the live stream shows. And, you know, Seth Amphetamines is very good. And then he became one of our patrons. And uh, one of the first things he did was felt the need to explain the joke. Which is uh, <laughs> my name is Seth, and it it sounds like methamphetamines, and we, we all yeah no, yeah cool we got it yeah yeah it's good it's very clever. I was lost. I just pretended <laughs> I knew what was happening. I was like yeah yeah I knew that yeah. Uh, Gabe said, "Long time listener, first time emailer. Started watching when Luke was new. Still love you guys. Wow, you're a first time emailer. Okay, so Gabe, forty two years old. Alec Baldwin is Hunt for Red October." Mike Myers is Wayne's Ooh. World, Always and Forever. Jim Carrey is Truman Show and never liked the early comedy stuff. Will Smith is Independence Day, which <gasps> is an interesting one as someone who's 40. Do you think? You'd think he'd oh, be yeah, Fresh Prince? Fre- be the Fresh Prince, absolutely. Yeah, either as the Fresh Prince the rapper or the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But maybe you were too old to enjoy Will Smith's rap career or Mate, TV. You would have known it though, wouldn't you? You'd have you'd have known you'd have heard the records. Yeah, well, t- I knew Taylor Swift was a country star, but I didn't my Taylor Swift is we are never getting back together when she went pop. Okay. Uh he also adds this topic is extra funny to me because my daughter, who is 19, thinks that Meryl Streep is the woman from Mamma Mia. Love your shows, helped me through a lot of dark times over the last few years. Uh Kirsten, thank you very, very much, Kirsten. It's a lovely email. One of those dark times, presumably being the fact that your daughter thinks Meryl Streep is just someone from Mamma Mia. Dear God, what an actress. What a what could show her the devil wears Prada. Uh, I mean, off the bat, absolutely. Uh, Tron Bow says uh, Alec Baldwin is the guy from SNL. That's who mm-hmm. uh, Alec Baldwin is to to Tron there. That's probably what he is most well known for these days, especially with his Trump impersonations. 
he also adds he, he's uh, one he'd like to add to the list of like who is this to you is the Undertaker. Who is your Undertaker? Is, mm, is badass American badass, American badass, big evil OG Taker, dead man. Um, I guess it could also be what was his music? Love you guys. Thanks, Bo or Trombo. PS doing much better since we talked last. Still off work on my car crash. I've been drawing a hell of a lot. Excellent Ooh. work. That is excellent. Um, Noah says he's 19, so he's a Gen Z. Um, he said, also, I don't know where you're getting this idea that Gen Z kids aren't drinkers. We definitely still are. It's just COVID and all. Um, Alec Baldwin is just some famous man who I've seen in Capital commercials <laughs> and Mission Impossible. It's a heck of a leap there between Capital One commercials and Mission Impossible. I forget he's in Mission Impossible's increasingly sprawling cast. Yeah, I know. I had the same thing with Ving Rams the other day because he shows yeah. up in ER. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Marcellus Wallace from uh, Pulp Fiction. And then my wife said, he's also Mission Impossible. Like, quite recently, we watched those films. I was like, oh, yeah, so he is. He's in all of the Mission Impossibles. Isn't he OG? Was he in the first one? Oh, God, I swear. I haven't seen the first one in quite some time. No one, no one watches that movie. Um, Mike Myers is Austin Powers. Jim Carrey is Ace Ventura or Bruce, Almighty, uh, or Bruce Almighty. Justin Timblake is a singer. Will Smith is Shark Tale. Adam Sandler <laughs> is someone I cannot watch. Rest Talk's my favorite YouTube channel. Keep up the good work. Thank you very, very much, Noah. Uh, we've got a few more of these, but we're going to have to save those for another uh, edition of the Rest Talk podcast, which will be on Thursday when we review AEW Dynamite. And tomorrow, extra special bonus podcast dropping AEW Revolution predictions. Go and hound Louie on Twitter. He's not excited for the show. Don't really. <laughs> just want to wind everyone up. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. <laughs> 